International Baptist College is a dynamic ministry of Tri-City Baptist Church in Chandler. IBC offers three Bachelor of Arts degrees and four graduate degrees. The professors at IBC desire to teach students how to think, live, and lead from a conservative biblical worldview. Whether you are pursuing a degree or laying a biblical foundation for your life, IBC will mentor you into ministry. Please check out our website at ibconline.edu or call 1-800-IBC-4858 for more information. Now, it's interesting as we go through the book of Esther that this, this book that we find in the Old Testament, as far as we know, is the, this book is the only book of the Bible where the name of God is never mentioned. And yet, we spend our time in this book where the name of God is never mentioned, talking about God's sovereign control behind the scenes, because it's so evident. Celeste Montague. Welcome to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, featuring the teaching of senior pastor Dr. Kevin Shaw. Dare to Stand is on the radio to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen, to carefully teach the truth of God's Word, and to encourage a healthy lifestyle of worshiping and honoring God. For more details about Dare to Stand or the ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, please visit www.daretostand.org or call the church at 623-581-3115. You can receive a free MP3 copy of today's message or the entire series in MP3 format for a small fee by contacting the church. Today, we continue our study in the book of Esther with a lesson titled, God in Control. It's true, Esther is the only book of the Bible where God is not mentioned by name. Yet His sovereign control is all over this series of events in Esther's life. Let's listen as Dr. Shaw reads to us from Esther chapter 6, and we hear about one sleepless night in the palace. The king was trying to find some way to get to sleep, so he ordered servants to read a history book to him. Yeah, that'll do it. Here's our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw. Open your Bibles with me to the book of Esther chapter 6. Esther chapter 6. And we'll, we'll take a look here at this story here. What God is doing in the life of Esther and the children of Israel. Let's stand together as we read Esther chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. On that night could not the king sleep, and he commanded to bring the book of records of the chronicles, and they were read before the king, and it was found written that Mordecai had told of Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door who sought to lay hand upon King Ahasuerus. And the king said, What honor and dignity hath been done to Mordecai for this? Then saith the king, the king's servant that ministered unto him, There is nothing been done. There is nothing been done for him. And the king said, Who is in the court? Now Haman was come into the outward court of the king's house to speak unto the king, to hang Mordecai on the gallows. 
that he had prepared for him. And the king's servant said unto him, Behold, Haman standeth in the court. And the king said to him, Let him come in. So Haman came in, and the king said unto him, What shall be done unto the man whom the king delighteth honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, To whom would the king delight to honor more than to myself? And Haman answered the king, For the man whom the king delighteth to honor, let a royal apparel be brought, which the king useth to wear, and a horse the king rideth upon, and the crown royal which is set upon his head, and let this apparel and hit horse be delivered unto the hand of the one of the king's most noble princes, and that they may array the man with all whom the king delighteth to honor, and bring him on horseback to the street of the city, and proclaim before him, Thus shall it be done unto the man whom the king delighteth to honor. Then the king said to Haman, Make haste, and take the apparel and the horse, as thou hast said, and do so even to Mordecai the Jew that sitteth at the king's gate. Let nothing fail of all thou hast spoken. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you're blessed now as we look at your word. I pray, pray that you help us to understand the truths that are here. And Lord, I pray that we will obey you and learn to trust you even in the most difficult circumstances of life. Lord, we pray that you will help us to see the fact that you are in control of all things and that, that you will bless us and honor us in all that we do and all that we say and that we will see your hand in our lives and that we will see your hand in the lives of those around us for your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Interesting thing in this story, as we come to this story, we're looking at the story of Esther. Now, you know, whenever you tell in a story, and even though stories, this, this story is something that's really happened, it still sort of follows that plot line that most good stories have. You have the, the sort of status quo. You know, things are going along, and things seem to be pretty, going pretty well. You know, just a normal day in the, you know, a normal days in the lives of the, you know, the kings of Persia and the children of Israel. The king has a big party, and, and the queen refuses to come in before the king, so he gets rid of one queen, and he gets another queen. You'd say, well, that's, that isn't something that is normal status quo. It was pretty much for Xerxes and Ahasuerus. And so you're wondering, okay, things are going on. God places Esther in the palace. She wins the beauty contest and she becomes queen. And so she is in the, in the household of the king. So everything seems to be going okay. What's going to happen? And then we come, of course, early on and we find this fellow by the name of Haman who the king promotes to a high place in the kingdom, happens to be an Agagite, which is a standing, has a standing conflict with the children of Israel. And he is promoted to a high place in the kingdom, and he's expecting everybody to bow down before him, and Mordecai the Jew doesn't bow down, and he gets viciously angry. In fact, he's, not, he's so angry that he has decided not only does he want to see Mordecai dead, he wants to see all of the Jews dead. And we see the crisis beginning to occur. And one thing leads to another. Not only does he want to see all the Jews dead, but he begins to conspire against the Jews. He convinces the king to send out an edict that there would be a specific day in which all the people of the whole nation could turn 
with violence upon the, upon the Jews and kill them and take all their stuff. And Haman is financing it all. And it's, it's a crisis. But the crisis even becomes more personal because you have crisis that goes upon type of, top of crisis. Mordecai in his mourning before the gate is wearing sackcloth and ashes and Esther finds out nobody in the palace knows that she's a Jew. She sends a messenger out to Mordecai. She says, put on clothes. This is embarrassing. This, you know, put on. He wasn't that he was naked, but he was wearing sackcloth and ashes. And it was embarrassing to her. And he said, absolutely not. And he communicated to her that you need, Esther, you need to go in before the king. But she says, if I go in before the king, if the king doesn't summon me, I could be executed. So the crisis is not only a national crisis, now it becomes for Esther a very personal crisis. And so, the Jews and the children of, in the nation of Israel pray, those who are in the, among the Persians, they pray for three days, fasting, praying for Queen Esther. Can you hear the small children in the households praying for Queen Esther as she bows before the king? Very specific prayers. Oh, we'll pray for Queen Esther as she goes before the king. Please pray for Queen Esther as she goes before the king. And they, they pray and they seek God's face on her behalf. And so Esther goes in before the king and she's looking for that moment. We saw that relationship between Esther acting responsibly, uh, responsibly and then God's sovereignty. And, and so we see Esther acting responsibly. She goes in before the king and the king finds, she finds favor in the sight of the king and he, he puts his scepter out to her and he brings her into his presence and he said, I'll give you Esther whatever you want even to the half of the kingdom. And she says, come to a banquet that I prepared. And so he comes to the banquet, he brings Haman. And we say, well, what is going on with her plan? I don't know exactly what her plan was. I think she was looking for a moment. She was looking for that moment when she would have the right situation in, in which to make her case before the king because the king didn't know that she was a Jew. Have you ever found that type of situation uh, where... There's this, there's this crisis time or this time you really feel like you need to share Christ with someone. There's this time that you really want to, to see something accomplished and you're praying for the moment. You're praying for the opportunity to say th- something and it's, it's not quite happening. I've been in situations like that, waiting for God to do something and it's just not happening. What do we do? Try to make it happen ourselves? Rush ahead of God? That's not a good idea. What did Esther do? We'll be back to hear it in a moment. You're listening to Dare to Stand with Dr. Kevin Shaw as we continue our study in the book of Esther. Dare to Stand is a radio outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church. Please visit daretostand.org for more details about Dr. Shaw's church or this radio ministry. Here's Dr. Shaw to invite you to consider participating in an addiction recovery ministry at Northwest called Freedom That Lasts. Hello, this is Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. 
All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115 or visit our website at daretostand.org. Go to the homepage and click the Discipleship Connections button. Please visit nwvbc.org for more details about the Freedom That Lasts Addiction Recovery Discipleship Ministry. And now, let's get back to Dr. Shaw as he describes Esther's next move in seeking the right moment to reveal Haman's wicked plan to kill the Jews. This is one dangerous game of chess. Here's our teacher. So they have the banquet and she asks for another banquet the next night. And that's where we come. And that's where we come at the beginning of Esther chapter 6. And in this one, on, in Esther chapter 6, verse 1, it says, On that night could not the king sleep. And he commanded to bring the book of the records of the Chronicles, and they were read before the king. And it was found written that Mordecai had told of the plot against the king. You have that, everything's going down and down and down, and things are getting worse, and things are getting worse. And then in the story, there it is that, there is that, we call that aha moment. That moment where like, oh, we can see the glimmer of light. The tables are going to turn. And the, the glimmer of light, the table turning moment in the book of Esther is when the king can't sleep. Now, it's interesting as we go through the book of Esther that this, this book that we find in the Old Testament, as far as we know, is the, this book is the only book of the Bible where the name of God is never mentioned. And yet, we spend our time in this book where the name of God is never mentioned talking about God's sovereign control behind the scenes because it's so evident the fact that the name of God is not mentioned in the book is by design. It's not mentioned because you constantly are seeing it. And it actually accentuates the, the concept that God is constantly working behind the scenes. And we come to Esther chapter 6, and what we realize is Esther is acting obediently, and Mordecai is acting obediently. But really the situation is out of their control. I remember a number of years ago, we had this, the ladies' conference yesterday, and, and by the way, I should say that that went really, that went really well, and there are a lot of folks that worked really hard to make that go well, and I praise the Lord for that. We, we had a number of years ago, the ladies' conference. Some of you remember that the theme of the conference was the illusion of control. Do you remember that? We sometimes get the idea that we're sort of in control of things in our lives, but we have the illusion of of control. And there are times when God just sort of brings things to surface to remind us that we're not in control. This past week, we just prayed about it earlier in this service. We had a family in our church to get a phone call about their son being in a motorcycle accident. They didn't know anything about the accident, didn't know how it happened, didn't know where it happened exactly. They get called to go down to the hospital. You go down to the hospital, you don't know how bad it is. Go into ICU, find out that he's in surgery. And all you can do as parents, you can't do surgery. You can't protect. You can't be around. There's nothing you can do as, except just sit there and pray and let God do His thing. Let God do what He does. 
Now, that was, I mean, this is one of the moments in an individual's life. And by the way, you know, I, the job of a pastor, you know, is to go down, you know, and so we, we go down and we pray and we talk and, you know, weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. But I can't fix anything. I, I can't do anything except be there and neither can they. And so those moments bring this to the surface that God is in control. And so I just want you to see in this passage of Scripture just some examples of ways God is in control in our lives. Now this is far from, it's far from an exhaustive list. It's just some examples of ways God is in control. What are some of the ways that God is in control? Well, He remembers what's been forgotten. Have you had ever done something nice for someone and nobody remembers? I, you know, we've got some moms here. Your moms and dads, parents, there are things that you've done for your children throughout their lives, um, sacrifices that you made for them, and they will never, ever know. They're young enough that when they did notice, they couldn't appreciate it, but they're also young enough that when they grow up, they can't remember it. But you don't do it for them to remember. And you really don't do it for them to notice. And if you have to go tell everybody what you did, then it kind of takes something away from it, you know? Like you're trying to get somebody to pat you on the back. I wonder if it was sort of like that with Mordecai. After all, he had been outside the king's gate. He was inquiring about what was going on with Esther. And he heard some people talking and found out that there was a plot against the life of the king. He reported it to Esther. Esther reported it to the king. The king found out, at least those that were in charge, found out who was responsible for this plot. They were caught. They were dealt with. And then nothing ever happened. I wonder what was on Mordecai's mind as he went before the king day by day. What Mordecai should have noticed is the fact that God was the one that allowed him to overhear that plot. God was the one that allowed that particular information to come to him. God was the one that allowed that information then to, to be fed through him back to the king. After all, it's God that made things happen in that way. But it's also God that allows people to forget did you know that it's not always God's will for everybody to remember everything that we do? And in this particular case, it was God who, if you look at it, He's the one that had to make Him to forget. Why? Because if He had remembered earlier, it wouldn't have been, been as beneficial than to remember now. So sometimes it's important to forget for a time so that you could remember later. And so the providence of God in the remembering process here was also the forgetting. So it is God that makes the things happen. It's the God that makes people forget. And sometimes it's God who makes it so you can't sleep. Now, I know you thought it was the pizza or the coffee. But did you know it's sometimes God who keeps us up awake at, awake at night? It says, on that night could not the king sleep. So it just so happens the king can't sleep. Well, when is it that the king can't sleep? I don't know if he was a regular insomniac. just happened to be an insomniac this particular night. But the king could not sleep this night, and so he wakes up. And what better thing, what better thing to put you to sleep than have somebody read a history book to you? Now, Mr. Howe, now he, he is very stone-faced right now, but... 
for some people, that's the way it would be. That's what he does. And so he, he says, I want you to, you know, read some history, but, you know, read something too. Maybe it was particularly exciting, so he wanted to be entertained. Just so you know, though, he can use this. A history book saved the nation of Israel. The history book saved the nation. So, and so he just happens, so he decides, he just happens to read on the night before the banquet. And so he just happens, well, he can't sleep the night before the banquet. He decides, it just happens to decide that they read a book to him. And just so happens, when they begin reading the book, the section that they begin to read is the story about how Mordecai helped uncover the plot to take the king's life. It says, and it was found written, that Mordecai had told Big Thana, I like that name, that's, that's a good one to name your kids, any children on the way. Good Bible name, Big Thana. Big Thana, I think is how it's pronounced. And Teresh, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door who sought to lay hand on King Ahasuerus. So the king's reading this and all of a sudden, now normally people are reading history books and you think, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, clicks in his mind. Wait a minute. I remember that. Now, wait a minute. What did we do for the man who reported this. The king said, What honor, what dignity hath be done to Mordecai for this? Then said the king's servants that ministered unto him, Nothing! We didn't do a thing! Isn't this an interesting little conversation in the king's chamber about Mordecai who saved the king's life? Dr. Shaw will be back with a closing thought about kings and how they were expected to reward their faithful subjects. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, where our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, serves as senior pastor. Northwest Valley Baptist Church is located at 4030 West Yorkshire Drive in Glendale. That's just south of the 101 at 40th Avenue. Sunday worship service is at 9.30 a.m. Adult Bible studies and Sunday school for all ages are at 11 a.m. And Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all services. Wednesday evening activities include prayer meetings, children's and teens programs. Northwest Valley Baptist Church also offers a quality traditional Christian education for your children, grades K through 12, at Arrowhead Christian Academy, located right on the church property at 40th Avenue and Yorkshire Drive. For more details about the church, kids' programs, this radio broadcast, or to register your kids for Arrowhead Christian Academy, please visit www.daretostand.org or call 623-581-3115. If you enjoy listening to this radio program, please consider supporting Dare to Stand with a tax-deductible donation of any amount. Visit daretostand.org and follow the link to the church website, where you can also download free copies of Pastor Shaw's sermons. Call us at Northwest. Let us minister to you personally in any way we can. Call 623 623- 581-3115 today. And remember, you can listen to Dare to Stand Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on this same station. You are always welcome to visit Northwest Valley Baptist Church in person for Sunday morning service at 9.30 a.m. 
and Sunday evening teaching and discipleship at 6 p.m. I'm Celeste Montague. Join us next time as we continue our study in the book of Esther. And now here's Dr. Shaw with a closing thought on how ancient kings were expected to reward faithful subjects when they did things like, you know, save the king's life. See you next time for more right here on Dare to Stand. Now, you understand if you're a king, you have part of being a king is rewarding those that do well and punishing those that do not. If you don't re reward those that do well, they aren't normally going to continue to do well. And so the king's heart is smitten. Wait a minute. We need to do something for Mordecai. After all, he saved my life. 